Welcome to the very first episode of Lost in the Citations. My guest today is Dr. Seiko Harumi. How are you? I'm okay. Hello, Jonathan. And you are you're calling in from London, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I'm at home. I have to. <laughs> what time is it now? Uh, it's eight o'clock here. It's very quiet. So it's eight in the morning there. It's it's five p.m. here in Japan. So you just、mm -hmm. you just woke up. You're drinking some coffee. Yes, that's right. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, th do you normally wake up this early? I appreciate you making the time. Yeah, actually, I wake up quite early to go to work. But now, as you know, it's lockdown. So, <laughs> but still, I wake up early. Yeah. So we're recording this on March twenty fifth. What's what's going on? What's going on in London? As as you know, in Japan, you know our semester is about ready to to start, and at least、yeah. my school, they're planning、yeah. on starting on time. I think the around April ninth. So I see the terms in you... the terms in in England. Do they end? Do they align with the American terms, where where the spring term ends in in May or something like that? Well,、uh, it depends on the institution, but in my school,、uh, we ended、uh, just last week. So the last week of the term was chaotic, and day by day the government changed the policies. So we had to switch onto the online teaching、mm -hmm. <laughs> next day. So、uh, it was very very chaotic. Yeah. So you finished in March. When when does the term start? Ah,、uh, term starts again in twentieth of April, just for two weeks、um, before the exam. Okay. So、uh, yeah. So but、uh, but we still have a lot of things to plan ahead. So I'm I'm still a little bit confused. So、mm -hmm. Japan, as you know, starts in April,、uh -huh. and then goes till July,、uh -huh. around July, and then we have August、yeah. off. Then we start in、oh, September see, see. Okay, and go、yeah. to well, this this year we're changing to fourteen week terms. So this year it's going to be September to December, and we'll be finished.、Mm -hmm. So teachers、yeah. will have January, February, March off. So can you can you? What's the term? What's the schedule in in England schools? I have no I idea. I see. Ah,、uh, what、well, we actually the academic year starts at the end of September or、oh, beginning of October. Okay. Then the um the uh first term and is finished、uh, just before Christmas, and then the second term finishes just before Easter, and then then we have another two a sort of revision week. I then see. Then exam. Yeah. Okay. Were Were you planning on coming back to Japan for the? I was, but I had to cancel. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, because then the、uh, last, especially one month, we didn't know what's happening. So I was examining the、uh, situation, but unfortunately, things got worse. So now we even asked to be to remain in the UK. So um, so there wasn't much choice. <laughs> wow. Well, how how how's it going day by day? I I would have to say in Japan. Things、mm -hmm. calmed down about two、mm -hmm. or three weeks ago. There was、yep. a bit of a panic buying with toilet paper, but I heard、yes. that was—I don't know if you saw—but it was more the fake news where there was a story circulating where the toilet paper companies needed to send their materials to the mask-making companies, and that's what、yes. caused this. And then, and then the toilet paper toilet paper company in Japan posted this picture. No, no, don't worry, everyone. And I、mm -hmm. and I swear, since that picture was posted, everything calmed down here. And、yeah. everything seems to be kind of back to normal from from、uh -huh. from what I can、really? see. Well, I live in Kyushu, so I、mm -hmm. mean the weather's warmer. We have you know very few cases down here. What's it、yeah. like? What's it like in England now? Well, we have, have actually have the, that problem now. It's very difficult to find the toilet paper. <laughs> wow! But then the end because we have somebody at house who is、uh, older than sixty. We received an email. From the supermarket, they can offer you the delivery. <laughs> so, What? It's a well, the supermarket because they have back and the you know data for the customers. They offer you to do a delivery as a priority for the household who who and、uh, if you have somebody older than sixty, so which is very、uh, helpful. <laughs> who who's 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 over over who's over sixty? Oh, it's my husband. Your husband, so, okay?、Um, the, yeah. So, um, the um, in my case, in our case,、uh, we we have a bit of a privilege, but、uh, we actually have um the、uh, problem of finding certain、uh, um items like toilet papers and eggs, 
and other things, uh, essential things. So it's the situation is very similar to other countries in Europe as well. Wow. Well, let's let's jump into the show. I uh, I wanted to to let you know, and and maybe the future listeners, the impetus for the show. So uh-huh. I I've started something called a a master's in research, uh-huh. where uh, I I have advisors in Australia, and I'm going to be pursuing a PhD starting uh-huh. uh, at the end of this year. And it's sort of yeah. a connected program where they said, well, you know, you're not really quite good enough to jump right into the PhD. So why don't you do this? Mm-hmm. You know this master's. It's a, it's a they they gave me credit for the first year, and then mm-hmm. I'm doing the second year, mm-hmm. and it's sort of you know get get better at researching, you know fine tune your ideas and so forth. So mm-hmm. last month I was writing something called a research frontiers essay, and mm-hmm. it was about test anxiety, mm-hmm. and I read about thirty five to forty articles, and I mm-hmm. have to say now now your your article that we're going to get into later that that wasn't mm-hmm. involved with with test anxiety. Mm-hmm. So this is a yeah, separate. No. Um, but I was so I, I was reading about thirty-five to forty articles, and there was this one article that just stuck out beyond all mm-hmm. the rest. Mm-hmm. And it was this article. Oh, here it is. This article called "Yerkes Dodson: A Law for All Seasons" by a guy mm-hmm. named Carl Holvor Tegan, and this mm-hmm. was written in nineteen ninety-four. And it was just it was just weird. I mean, I had, I had articles spread all around the apartment, and I'm you know reading them all the time. And then there's this one article that was by far the best, mm-hmm. and I just thought, you know what? It might it might be nice to just see if this, you know, with the internet, uh, see if this guy's online. So I, I just Googled mm-hmm. him and I found yeah. his email and I sent him an mm-hmm. email and I said, look, this mm-hmm. is, I just wanted to let you know, this is the, the best paper of all the papers that I, I've read about this. Yeah. And he actually wrote me back mm-hmm. and I thought it was the coolest thing. I mean, it was just, I, I feel again that a lot of us get sort of lost in the citations mm-hmm. and we forget there's real people out there who, yes. wrote, who wrote these articles And they're not just citations in a paper. So that's sort of the the impetus for for the show, to reach out to people Mm -hmm. and to actually hear from them. Yeah, that's great. I think think even you're interested in the uh, meeting the actual person who written that particular paper, I think you just don't have the courage to do so. So I think you did the very good progress for that. Well, and the yes. other thing is, you know, researching is a bit lonely as well, right? You know, yes, that's I, I, right. Yes, I guess. Okay, so let's start. Let's start with the the paper. Um, mm-hmm. So today's paper that I chose, which is it's it's everyone that I know that that deals with uh, language learning anxiety has read this paper. It's from 2011, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. classroom silence voices from Japanese EFL learners. Now, this was a while mm-hmm. ago. And mm-hmm. you've written, you, I mean, you're, I don't know how many papers you've written. Um, and you've, uh, you, just wrote, <laughs> you just wrote a book we can get into later, but let's, uh, yeah. let's start with this paper. So this, yeah. this is a paper that I actually read first a couple years ago when uh-huh. I was doing some research with language learning anxiety and I've come back to yes. it. It's one of yeah. those papers that it's just, it, it, it'll, it'll always be around when mm. I, when I'm working on, on things. So mm-hmm. first of all, do you remember writing the paper? Is this fresh in your mind? How how does it feel you know, revisiting something you wrote eight years ago? Uh, actually, but to me, it's everything I'm doing now. It's connected to this paper and also to my PhD when I did it uh, even long, um, uh, even the uh, at uh, 1999. So everything is connected to me. I try to evolve uh, what I think about classroom interaction. So um, to me, of course, it's aged, but um, I think it's still I get some inspiration from my work. So where let, your timeline there? Let's let's, yeah. let's work. So where were you in 2011 in your career? 2011. Okay, I actually was in London already. Um, after I finished PhD, I was teaching at SOAS, uh, where I am. I work now as well. And then the um, I, after I did my PhD, I uh, also was uh, looking at the silence in the Japanese context as well. So um, I just carried on what I was doing for a long time. So SOAS, that's that's the University of London? Yes, that's right. What does SOAS stand for? Okay, it's School of Oriental and African Studies. So oh, okay. basically we um, teach... And the East uh, Asian languages and uh, African languages, uh, along with some uh, the cultures and some discipline subjects. 
And、uh, so it's a bit like a guy die in Japan, and but it's part of University of London. So it's a small institution, but、uh, the,、uh, it's one of the、uh, school within the University of London. So you you were born in Nagasaki. Yes, that's right. And、yep. then where did you go for your undergraduate? Uh, I went to a university in Nagasaki, and also then afterwards I I started working as a teacher at junior high school in Nagasaki. So、uh, Nagasaki is really the, the place I really started my career. And then and then you you went and got your masters. Yes, and I came to London to do a master's degree and. At the Institute of Education, now it's part of UCL.、Um, but and the because it's because of、um, the the things I was、uh, sort of inspired by students at、uh, junior high school.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of questions about the teaching method, and but I I didn't have a chance to study about it in Japan. So I decided to go to UK and、uh, to study more. And then and then how soon after that did you do your PhD? PhD.、Um, after I did masters,、uh, it's actually only one year here in UK. So I wanted to go back to teaching,、mm-hmm. and so、um, I went back. But then after two years, I came back to UK to do PhD because、uh, the first of all, the one year for masters was very short, and I still wanted to explore the, the this topic of silence for the PhD, and so I came back. All right, so this issue of silence, I, I think,、mm-hmm. is very unique to Japan. Why?、Mm-hmm. Why did you feel you wanted to explore it more in England? Was your advisor a, a specialist in this regard?、Mm, it wasn't actually. <laughs> My supervisor was Dr. Guy Cook. I don't know、uh, Professor Guy Cook. I don't know. He he already retired, but at the time、uh, when I did PhD or MA, he was at the Institute of Education. He's an expert for the discourse analysis. So、um, he he was interested in this、uh, sort of classroom interaction, but he wasn't、uh, the sort of um, um, uh, sort of expert for the、uh, the silence itself. But he gave me a lot of a lot of、um, and the、uh, sort of、uh, inspiration for my writing. And、I、the、uh, so it's not because of the teacher, but I think it's just because of my the topic. And the reason why I was interested in this topic was、uh, the、um, I think、uh, it's I think two pe- two group of people inspired me. And first is a student, and、uh, I I myself as a Japanese English teacher, I come across this problem、uh, very often. <laughs> so as you know, because you teach in Japan,、uh, you, as you said, this issue is a sort of widespread and still a sort of somewhere it's going on. And the other group is the AOT teachers、mm. and assistant language and English teachers in Japan,、um, because I did a lot of. Team teaching with them, and then the, I often heard、uh, they mourn, <laughs> they mourn <laughs> that it's so difficult to break the wall of the silence when you ask questions there is no answer and you don't know what to do. And then、uh, as a Japanese person,、um, I could sense what students are feeling and thinking, but I couldn't explain well. So that's why I, I wanted to uh, uh, find out the reason why this is happening in the Japanese classroom. So your dissertation, did you do data、mm-hmm. collection in Japan? Yes, I did. I、yes. see. Okay. Okay. So yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about this issue. So I I worked before I I taught at university. I I worked at an eikaiwa, which、mm-hmm. it, for people that don't speak Japanese, that's a sort of an English language school. Um, mm-hmm. School finger quotes. Mm-hmm.、Um, mm-hmm. My my sort of opinion about aikaiwas in Japan are are a bit、mm-hmm. mixed, and maybe that's a, a content for、mm. a different a different show. But anyway, one of, one of my jobs、mm-hmm. was I had to assess student levels when they came、mm-hmm. to the aikaiwa, so we could put them in、yeah. the correct class and match them with the correct、mm-hmm. textbook. And、mm-hmm. there was a few times. So for for, for whatever reason, this aikaiwa had this sort of. Uh, routine where you know you would give the student an assessment and it was very strict and and、mm. and it was very you know 
supervised, and it, I think it was forty five minutes. That that's what mm-hmm. it was. No matter no matter the level, like you had to sit yeah. in the room with the student for forty five minutes. Which oh. I always thought was strange because if a beginner, <laughs> if there's a student that has zero ability, you probably can guess mm-hmm. that very soon. Yeah. But anyway, yes. that, that, that was their policy. How, how did you, how did you do that? Did they, you had to talk to them. So you, I guess you, it was almost like a script. I mean, you know how it is uh, in Japan. It's yes, very, it's very yeah. formulaic, and they had this system, mm. and that's the way it was, and it, it was a way mm-hmm. for I guess students to get a feel for a. a, a sort of a mock lesson and for the teachers to do an assessment and it, you have to fit mm-hmm. it inside the block of time, mm-hmm. which was 45 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And there mm-hmm. was a few times where you would, you would, you just start from the script, the very first mm-hmm. question, how are you today? Yeah. Yes. Or, or yeah. what's your name? Or, yeah. and there, there was a few students who would mm-hmm. not speak for <laughs> upwards of 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, and I, and I had to sit in the room, and but it was interesting. After fifteen or twenty minutes, there mm-hmm. there was some improvement. So oh, I see. maybe okay. there was some logic behind. The, I'm not really sure, mm-hmm. but um, I guess what you were you were mentioning before about your empathizing with the ALTs, which yes, is this, yes. and it, and, it, and it comes up in your paper is sort of the tolerance for silence in the classroom, where yes, a lot of yes. Western Western teachers were not really used to. Now I, I read a study where some <laughs> some some English as a foreign language teachers maybe are are are, are do have some tolerance to silence, possibly yes. possibly okay. You 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 ask a certain amount of questions in a class, and forty percent of the time you will get silence mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I read some article, mm-hmm. but I guess in Japan it's it's much. High. What would you say the percentage of times a teacher would ask a question would be greeted with silence in in Japan? Well, it's very difficult. It depends on the age group and proficiency level as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that uh, my colleague, Jim King, he also uh, did a similar research, a more quantitative research. And he, he did, and then he said that more than 80%, 90% is a teacher's talking time. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the um, students doesn't really take initiative or respond. So it can be eighty percent, ninety percent. So that's that's that w- that's an interesting point. So the the first, I, I guess, the the first thing is it, it, fairness to ALTs and foreign teachers. We we do have some tolerance towards silence, but if you're yes, looking at yeah. a forty percent to an eighty percent difference, hmm. it's, yes. it can be yeah. it can be shocking. Now. I want to jump into some of the the results from your your study here. Now, now mm-hmm. again, the 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 article's name is "Classroom Silence: Voices from Japanese EFL Learners in 2011." Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. you did an interesting thing where you you took uh, qualitative data from students, mm-hmm. from native English teachers, and from Japanese English teachers, mm-hmm. and 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 the first uh, the first data you you provide is the teacher's interpretations of silence mm-hmm. and there was a there there's some big differences between the the native english teachers and the japanese english teachers the first one so you you, you broke this up into to four categories linguistic mm-hmm. linguistic problems problems with time mm-hmm. psychological problems and depends on mm-hmm. the situation so mm-hmm. at first the linguistics problems so okay so a teacher asks a question they're greeted by silence Mm-hmm. Um, student does not know the answer. Uh, Japanese English teachers had about twenty nine point four, and mm-hmm. then uh, the the native English teachers six point seven, and then the other thing was student does not understand the the native mm-hmm. English teachers were thirty three point three, and the mm-hmm. Japanese English teachers was eleven point eight. So mm-hmm. the so that is that was just so huge to me. So a Japanese teacher when they when they mm-hmm. when they're greeted by silence they. Mm-hmm. They assume the student does not know the answer, and then the mm-hmm. native English teacher assumes they just don't understand. Maybe the mm-hmm. English being uh, transferred is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Because in case of a Japanese teacher, they can switch into Japanese, so mm-hmm. the understanding of question itself it cannot be a problem, as they think. But I think for the native English teachers, I think just make the students understand what has been asked is the uh, one big step. And so I think, and this, yeah, this the result is something uh, interesting to see as evidence. Now, problems with time, they were pretty mm-hmm. similar. Uh, mm-hmm. When it got to psychological problems, shyness and mm-hmm. boredom were fairly similar. But mm-hmm. 
native English teachers assumed cultural reasons. So I guess, you know, these、mm-hmm. native English teachers did understand that, you know, Japanese people are more shy or,、mm-hmm. um, or quiet.、Um, mm-hmm. But the Japanese English teachers did not see that as a factor. Uh, the、yeah. cultural reasons. What, how, do you,、yeah. how, how, how did you interpret that? I was quite interested in the, the reaction, this huge difference. I think、um, the,、um, maybe cultural reasons、uh, for the Japanese teacher, maybe it's too obvious for them.、Mm. So they might not take it as a, a real factor. They, they, I, I got the impression they don't look into it. But for the native English teacher, it's the, I think the way they communicate and uh, uh, it's very different from the students.、Um, so I think、uh, they, they don't, even though、um, they don't understand exactly what these cultural reasons are, they feel something is very different and when, you, when they interact. Okay, so it's, ju- interesting to,、oh, yeah? okay, it's interesting how you see this difference、uh, as a native English teacher who teaches in Japan as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is interesting. I,、mm. I, um, I, well, looking at this data, it, just to、mm-hmm. recap, so、mm-hmm. for, for when the interpretations of silence, so for, for native English teachers, number one, they thought the student does not understand. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean they don't understand English or they don't understand the question? I guess language, right? They don't understand. Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay、mm-hmm. so number one, they don't understand English or the language. Number two, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Number two was students are thinking about how to answer. And number、mm-hmm. three were cultural reasons. When you go to the Japanese、mm-hmm. side, number, number one and number two were、mm-hmm. tied. Student、mm-hmm. does not know the answer, student、mm-hmm. thinking how to answer. Mm-hmm. And then number three was boredom.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's true.、Um, <laughs> I think it, it's also even <clears throat> some students、um, fall asleep during the class or doing something else and、uh, not concentrate. I think it's,、uh, it's true. <laughs> and then when you go over to the student side, it, it's,、mm-hmm. it's, it's much different. Um, mm. The student said 67% of their problems were with linguistics.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes.、Um, 1.3 was problem with mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Around 23% were psychological problems.、Mm-hmm. And then around you know, 9% were problems with taking turns.、Mm-hmm. See, I'm interested in the psychological problems. So、mm-hmm. I was、yeah. assuming that the psychological problems would be much higher.、Mm-hmm. Um, but from your study, Mm-hmm. The linguistics problems were almost 70%、mm-hmm. of the reasons for silence、mm-hmm. either problems、yeah. with vocabulary, problems expressing myself in English, problems with comprehension and listening. These are all just skills, just that they're、yes. not confident in their skills, which,、yes. would, which would mean that this is maybe they're not so different than other EFL learners who are, aren't, you know, I, would, I might be the same way in a Japanese class if I'm, you know,、mm-hmm. not confident. Yes. So I was,、yeah. su- I was surprised <laughs> by, by that result.、Yeah. What, what、yeah. did you think about I think, that?、Uh, yeah, I did a similar、um, the survey in the other classes. Like、uh, in my class, I, I now teach Japanese language to the、um, uh, students here. And then I think it depends on the levels of the proficiency. I think the beginners,、uh, I think linguistic problems can be 60%, uh, around 60%, 70%. And the source of the pro- problem and、uh, not speaking. Um, but obviously, it's related to psychological problems. So, I think if you look into the, uh, the uh, correlation with both linguistic problems and psychological problems, it might be more interesting.、Uh, yeah, so I think actual data the, and uh, the, the reason behind it is more complicated than you see from the data. Yeah, I, 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 I think the same thing because、mm-hmm. when you're dealing with silence, Or、yeah. even you mentioned you know, a, a subtopic of mm-hmm. shyness. Mm-hmm. So, silence and shyness, they kind of go together in some ways in Japanese culture, where、mm-hmm. even the word shyness, maybe、mm-hmm. in English and Japanese, has different connotation.、Mm-hmm. Because I, I was reading an article where they were talking about how Japanese people spend a lot of energy in、mm-hmm. social situations. Throughout Japan,、mm-hmm. not in the classroom, just to maintain、mm-hmm. etiquette or to use the k- e、yes. k e i g o 
and yeah. and they're they're afraid to say the wrong word in a social situation and it and there mm-hmm. was a, and the, I think the person was talking about how in Japan there's complementary relationships where mm-hmm. they need to reinforce status where mm-hmm. western has symmetrical relationships where almost we, we mirror mm-hmm. each other so the point was possibly some some japanese people consider them consider themselves shy but in actuality it's a mm-hmm. fear of saying the wrong thing in social situations mhm yeah so um when you're talking about students say the reason that they're they're silent is because they're shy could also mm-hmm. just be a fear of making mistakes so these yes, are sort of yes that's right yes yeah so that's why this this topic is is so interesting because yes. you can't mm-hmm. really know what a person's thinking when they're silent, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, that's that's why you need uh, you need to have a, a sort of a data from different sources and, and to try to find out. I think in reality, um, even you ask the uh, the reason for being silent, I think. Um, uh, you know that person cannot be hundred percent sure <laughs> and right. uh, what they're thinking. So I think you you need to be careful about how to sort of um, uh, make a generalization. And but I think in that sense, I think the multiple data collection is very important. I think. Uh, so what what are your what are your re- recommendations for teachers who are teaching Japanese students outside of Japan? Inside of mm-hmm. Japan, is it the same advice mm-hmm. or different advice? Uh, I think uh, the, I think a situation. There might be uh, some common things like uh, the the communicative style of students themselves must be quite similar in some ways. But I think a student learning English and uh, outside Japan, um, they they try to adapt themselves in the new culture. So um, I think uh, maybe in some sense it's much easier to help them to uh, to speak out. Uh, but in Japan, I think uh, you need more preparation um, for uh, for the students so they can be confident enough to speak out in the classroom. Um, can you hold on one second? I need to tell my mm-hmm. daughter to stop singing. She's okay. um, she's just addicted to Frozen too, and she just sings it all the okay. time. But I can hear I can't her. I hear that. Yeah. Just hold on one second. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so go ahead. Um, I think I I read through this article uh, after some time <laughs> this morning, but I think uh, there are a lot of um, the things I can still um, think of, and the um, the something I can look into it, and so. Uh, I think uh, there are a lot of information uh, in this article, I think. Well, um, but uh, I, you said um, you're interested in the uh, psychological aspects of um, the learners' behaviors. Yeah. Um, so my, my research is more trying to validate self-reports with an objective mm-hmm. measure. Um, yeah. So right now I'm, I'm, I'm working uh, measuring heart rate. Now I know mm-hmm. heart rate isn't, isn't always the best example of physiological arousal. But um, mm-hmm. I'm 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 building a tool where you can collect heart rate via Fitbit smartwatches, so it's sort mm-hmm. of unobtrusive in the classroom. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to be giving out questionnaires, and I want to sort of correlate the the self reports with the with the the heart rate in in real time. Mm-hmm. Wow, and I feel that's like interesting. <laughs> wow. so g- getting sort of data in real time, like you mm-hmm. said, you know, looking back ret- retrospectively, saying okay, well, how are you feeling in that moment? The person might not mm. be accurately be able to tell you. Now, I might yeah. not be able to know, I might not be able to know why someone's silent, but I might be able uh-huh. to see an arousal level. Um, uh-huh. And then that way I could say, okay, well, this person's nervous. And then maybe uh-huh. you can try to figure out why were they nervous? Were they nervous? Oh, that's because interesting. Yeah. Of this so in psy- psychology, um, the, the, the checking heart rate, and is it something common and uh, things to detect the psychological state of that person? So, physiology, um, f- physiological measurements are mm-hmm. usually via heart rate, blood pressure, oh. cortisol, um, mm-hmm. sometimes muscle tension. Wow. Uh, sometimes through video, <laughs> facial expression. So these are things that aren't really feasible in the classroom. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. want to start with heart rate and go from there uh-huh. and see how they, they correlate. Um, yeah. but, but a real, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, my background is in linguistics, but I couldn't mm-hmm. find an advisor in linguistics. So now I'm studying um, psychology. So I see. 
I have to learn about <laughs> the real psychological studies. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I think there should be a link um, with uh, linguistics and the um, psychology. So uh, if you uh, if you try to find the uh, sort of a link uh, through your research, it would be very interesting. Well, there there is there there are. I'm already finding a lot of links. Um, mm. The fear of negative evaluation—that's one of the yeah. causes of language learning anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, interactional domains, even shyness has links to psychology. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some yeah. even anxiety vulnerability. Some mm-hmm. some people are more vulnerable to anxiety than others. And mm-hmm. so one one of the, the I think there's three main vulner, vulnerabilities, and one of them mm-hmm. is if a parent is overly protective or mm-hmm. or doesn't or is sort of the opposite. So there are a lot of Japanese parents that are, you know, or even society that are sort of like very mm-hmm. strict on how you should behave and it yes. can mold people to certain vulnerabilities and anxiety. So I, I'm sort mm-hmm. of seeing those links already. Mm. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. I'm just in the beginning stages mm. though. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Try to read your paper once you find the results. Well, um, one thing about I asked you advice for Japanese students learning English outside mm-hmm. of Japan or in Japan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm sure you know this that the the English proficiency in Japan has been steadily decreasing since <laughs> two, 2011. Where yeah. other countries in Asia, like Singapore and even Korea, are jumping up mm-hmm. quite high in the yeah. rankings. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. we're having this whole so the world of you know international commerce and expansion now Japan still has the third largest economy but it mm-hmm. seems like Japan the population's shrinking uh less mm. even less university students are interested in studying abroad there's mm-hmm. this concept that i heard at at a, at, at at um it, it wasn't a conference but it was a speaker and they talked mm-hmm. about this idea of linguistic imperialism Mm-hmm. Have you heard about have you heard about this concept? And yes, do you th- yeah. I think do you think that's a factor? Some, yeah. Uh can be. Yeah, can be. I think it's uh, definitely uh, related to the uh government policy about how the um the English to be taught in the classroom is uh, one factor. In the past, I wasn't very interested in the uh, government policy, how how to how how the um, curriculum is implemented. I didn't see the clear link between the curriculum and also the classroom teaching um, practices. But now I started thinking it has a big impact. And the um, a long time ago, it reminds me of the episode when I went to uh, sort of uh, the uh, Kenshu Kai in Japan for the teacher things teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that um, in a really big space like uh, the um, Taikan and mm-hmm. and uh, like the a teacher a teacher yes yeah. A teacher was uh, sort of uh, teaching and to about 30 students and the, everybody was watching and the students are wearing a microphone. And then the, um, the uh, teacher was teaching, but obviously they rehearsed beforehand, I think, oh. <laughs> because uh, not many students uh, didn't make any mistakes. And of course, there are some, but uh, of course, the, this situation is also very odd. And after hmm. it's finished, uh, the question and answer time, uh, one ALT teacher asked, actually asked whether they rehearsed <laughs> um, because there wasn't any mistakes, uh, ma- hmm. not, not so much mistakes. Um, so I've, I felt this uh, question is the, really the uh, reality of the uh, Japanese classrooms. Because um, the um, you know it's the the aim for this kind of training is uh, to to learn from each other, but I think uh, the, everything was a sort of a set up beforehand, so that sort of uh, the artificial uh, artificial uh, sort of uh, the uh, the sort of uh, strategy uh, from the government you know, which is affected which affected the classroom teaching even the training sessions, uh, was really striking. And I think in nature. I think government policy hasn't changed very much. Even the things 
and you know it's the uh, sort of uh, the new communicative approach and the CEFA and the, the, a lot of ideas coming in but actually um, the practices hasn't actually changed very much uh, to me <laughs> well, I don't to... know you might have yeah well no that that brings mm. back to the Eikaiwa discussion mm, you know my yeah. opinion is the the only reason why Eikaiwa's exist is because the English education system failed why else mm-hmm. would they why else would they be there Mm-hmm. I mean, if if the if the Japanese education system for English is working, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of these businesses would go bankrupt, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. How how is Aika what thing, thing going on? Is it getting better or what? Um, I getting don't know. Better. What do you about... what What do you mean by getting better? I mean, the, uh, <laughs> is it? Do you think it's Aika school is helping students to improve their proficiency? Ah, that's a really good question. I, I think yeah. they they would need to bring in some professional researchers to dis, to to figure that out. Mm. I'm not so sure they're interested in in that. I'm not I'm not mm. even sure if they have a way to to measure that against mm. you know something specific. I, I would I would say the most important my my opinion is the most important goal for an AKI was to make money or at least to, to stay see. in business. I see. Okay. So that was my impression. Yeah. It's less of a school than a business. Mm. And while while there are while it's maybe it's one of those things like a gym. So mm-hmm. depending on your personality and depending on your motivations, you can succeed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people are there to help you succeed. Mm-hmm. But basically, the most important thing is you just keep coming back every month. <laughs> right? Yes, that's right. But how how about student point of view? I think when they come to Eikaiwa, I think some students have very clear aim, like they mm. want to study abroad or they want to use in a, a at workplace. Um, I don't know what, whether the situation has been changed. More like more students is going to Eikaiwa to brush up English or what? Do you think uh, just the population of the students who go to the Eikaiwa as a sort of supplement to improve their English uh, skills? Is it increasing I, or decreasing? I'm, I'm not sure. I think it also depends mm. on the Eikaiwa. So mm. I think there there are cases where, you know, I, I taught there a few years ago at an Eikaiwa, and there are students, mm. like you mentioned, maybe even a student from maybe Kyushu University who wants mm-hmm. to get better at the TOEFL, or, mm-hmm. and then you have a private lesson and they, and they can get better. But mm-hmm. then you also have students that are maybe just looking to be exposed to a native English speaker, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure. Oh, how, mm-hmm. I'm not sure w- sure how well their English is improving. the The other thing is expectation wise from parents mm-hmm. uh, yes. who are putting their mm-hmm. children in Aikaiwas who are expecting these magical results with a lesson once a week. Mm-hmm. So the expectation, mm-hmm. I think, the expectation level is 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 very different to an Aikaiwa, maybe just because it's ex- it's extra money, mm-hmm. um, but. From, yeah. From some of the things that that I've read is that in the schools now maybe that's changing now, but for mm-hmm. a long time the the English classes were taught mainly in Japanese. Mm-hmm. In high schools and junior high schools. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure what's going on with I'm I'm not sure what's going on with the Akai was right now. Mm, yeah. They're still around. They're still I mean, around. <clears throat> yeah, might be interesting to find out. Um, yeah. What uh, in terms of the uh, the role of uh, outside classroom and uh, sort of uh, opportunity to learn English, I think it can be a quite good point. But uh, as you said, it seems that uh, less students are interested in going abroad now. So uh, I think I don't know how situation change from now on. So when when you were going to university, there was a lot of mm-hmm. students that wanted to study abroad. Ah. Uh, Thoughts in Japan, um, yes, yeah, I think yeah, quite a lot of students wanted to go abroad and see. Um, so something's I changed. Have, I, something's mm. changed drastically in the past few years. I'm not sure what's. I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, I think it has something to do with. It just seems like Japan is becoming more insulated. Where mm. you know, again, the population is decreasing. Less people want to travel. Um, mm. I think it's harder for Japanese people to travel outside of Japan than for mm. people to travel mm. inside Japan. Mm-hmm. I think people really, I mean, Japan's such a clean and safe country and, and people are mm-hmm. so polite and the food is amazing everywhere you go. 
I think yeah. it must be hard in some ways for a Japanese person to travel abroad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, that's right. Yeah. And also, some people say that because of the internet, and you know that、mm. you can communicate with somebody easily like this, and you don't really have to go to、uh, outside. And so,、uh, I think、uh, I think social change affects the way people、uh, communicate in Japan, even the young people,、uh, their motivation to learn English. I think. All right. Let's um.、Uh, let, let's finish up with.、Uh, I have a couple like technical questions.、Mm-hmm. Um. So what's do you do you do you do? Tell me about your your process as far as writing. Do you do you keep a writing schedule where you try to write a little bit every day? I mean, are you working on multiple projects at once? Do you have goals、I、for、see. how many papers you want <clears throat> to publish every year?、Um, <laughs> planning stages like how? What's、mm. like for me? You know. I really just do a lot of my work in、uh, on you know the months I have off, where other、mm-hmm. people say, "Oh no, you should write a little bit every day, even during the school year," and that's really、mm. difficult for me.、Mm. Um, yes. What, what what about what about you? Your your writing process?、Uh, it's same、uh, during the term time.、Uh, it's very very busy, and I don't actually have a lot of time to、uh, to write and the time to concentrate, and so I, I mainly write during the、uh, sort of.、Uh, Summer time or the、uh, during the Easter break,、um, but even though I, of course, I I do some uh, the um, work academic work、uh, related to the some some sort of preparation for writing like、uh, reading, and so、uh, yeah, I try to engage with the research all through the year. But it depends what kind of activity you can at certain time. Do you prefer to work on a project by yourself or collaborate with someone? I think, and、uh, in the past, I actually was happy to do it on my own, everything. But now,、um, with this、uh, the book project I just completing,、uh, I collaborated with different people, and I find it's quite rewarding.、Uh, it's it's quite interesting to see one particular thing from different perspectives. So I think、uh, I'm very interested in doing more collaboration with other people. So this book,、uh, you're talking about East Asian perspectives on silence in English language education. That one.、Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. So you wrote it with Jim King. Who who's Jim King? He's a, a lecturer at the University of Leicester. He actually、uh, used to teach in Japan, like me, and and so、uh, he's actually doing the research on silence from psychological perspective. So you might、oh. be interested in reading his work. Yeah. And so this this book has a lot of different、um, uh, has a collection of different articles which looked at silence from different perspective. And I looked at、uh, from the interactional、um, perspective. I did a conversation analysis and、uh, to to look at the classroom practices. But some teachers or、well, some academics looked at the silence from psychological. Uh, perspective、oh. like、um, willingness, willingness to communicate, and、mm-hmm. also language,、uh, foreign language anxiety, and、mm-hmm. the,、uh, yeah. So you must be interested to reading it. Well, it's coming、yeah. out in June. Yes,、That's、it is. The- I just actually sent the uh, uh, proof uh, the, this morning. <laughs> Should be out soon.、Um, yeah. Well, I I will definitely buy it. Well, once April first comes, because that's when my research budget <laughs> kicks in. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I can send you the fifty percent off uh, uh, code <laughs> if you like. No, no, that's okay. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I'll take yeah, it.、Yeah. I'll take a code. Yeah,、sure. yeah, yeah. Because it, it's、uh, from the publisher, I can distribute distribute everybody. So、uh, yeah, so I can send it to you. Definitely, that, that would that would be great. I I am interested in the especially the willingness to communicate. There's there's a lot、yes. of psychological things in there for sure. Yes. So how how many chapters、yes. are in the book? Ah,、uh, nine nine chapters. How long how long have you been working on this? Ah,、uh, actually, quite a long time. <laughs> It's about four years、uh, from the beginning.、Uh, we had a pandemic, and first of all, we didn't think that we do it as a book. Uh, mm-hmm. We're trying to do as a sort of a, a special issue for the journal, but、mm-hmm. the,、uh, for some reason it didn't work. So and the,、uh, we changed it to the book、uh, collection, and so、uh, the, it was a very long process. But the, it was really interesting to see that、um, we actually 
didn't um, put the call for papers, but we actually contacted some people who did um, write something about silence. So, um, um, but these people um, from different uh, parts of the world, they they are also uh, interested in this project. So uh, mm. it was very interesting. Yeah. What 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 people from around the world? Uh, well, the first. <coughs> And first, one of the one of the, do you know that uh, that uh, I forgot his name. That Bao, he also written a book about silence. He's no, in he based in Monash actually. Um, oh, okay. yeah, in Australia. Yeah, Monash. Yeah, that that Bao. Yeah, he actually looked at the silence in uh, different countries in East Asia. So uh, okay, uh, he did look at the uh, the role of the tasks. Um, with these East Asian students, uh, how the task effects um, affect the students' language behavior in a classroom. So there's and, two authors to the yeah. book, but you're saying there's other contributing writers? Yes, that's right. Yeah, we, we just okay. want uh, two of us and uh, for the a part of it, but the rest of them are from different uh, the uh, contributions. So uh, oh, yeah, it's, I see. it's okay. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a correction. Uh, so we didn't write everything. So uh, I yeah, see. So, yeah, so oh, that's that... one of the aim that we we try to bring out different methodology to look at silence. Uh, I think there are some books available already, but I think there aren't any uh, one particular book looking at the silence from different using different methodologies uh, mm. as a collection. So uh, I think it, I hope it helps for the uh, quite a lot of academics, even the students uh, who are studying in linguistic department. Well, maybe um, last question. Do you, do you have any mm -hmm. advice for young researchers or young writers, maybe some mistakes that you made that you wish you didn't, or there's a the trick mm. of the trade that, 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 that helps you not to get lost in the citations or, you know, sort oh, of citations. Get, you know, I see. Or, I mean, citation. get, what do you mean citations in this case? I, I, I guess I mean, uh, how at times when I'm researching something, I feel like I'm, Sometimes I feel like I'm going too deep and sometimes I feel like I'm not going deep enough. Mm. And then you get, you get pulled. My, my, my supervisor calls it get, getting lost in the abyss mm. <laughs> or maybe you go too far down. Like, do you have any mm. advice for writers yeah. or researchers, how to organize, to, <clears throat> to keep yourself efficient, to make sure you're on task, or yes, to yeah. make sure you're not going off course too far. Yeah. Um, and your writing is clear, things of... like that. Yeah, in case of something like a thesis, like a PhD, I think you, in some ways, you need to explore quite a lot. So you, I actually did read the books in uh, anthropology and the, wow. and the, yeah, the different because uh, your interest just glows, and you want to, you want to know, and the, uh, whether there is any connection with linguistic psychology, anthropology cultural mm. studies so I did read a lot of books and I didn't uh, regret with that with PhD thesis mm. um, but if you come to the uh, writing article I think you need to be really focused with particular uh, theme and you have to be really selective about what which citation is most effective to support mm. your argument so I think I learned that um, by writing different kind of things. I think if you just go bits and pieces uh, from different uh, the um, uh, resource uh, without focus, I think it can end up. Uh, uh, it's you cannot really finish as a concrete com complete piece of paper. Yeah, mm. that's one one suggestion. <laughs> wow. Well, when you when you were reading all these books, did you were you keeping a schedule or were you reading like binge reading? How I uh, mean, I'm, how, yeah. how how do you how do you find the time? <laughs> uh, I actually, if you're interested, even you're busy, actually reading, actually I can enjoy it uh, unless you you don't have any any minutes to spend um, if you're too busy. Um, so I think um, I just I like planning things and so um i think a planning helps me i don't know other people uh how about you <laughs> yeah i mean i i i like to to plan and, and make goals but mm -hmm. i i don't i wouldn't say i enjoy reading maybe maybe i, I haven't been uh, maybe i haven't been exposed to the to the right books 
I, I would mm-hmm. say the, one of the again one of the motivations doing this podcast is there are very mm-hmm. few articles that I actually find easy to read, clear, mm. and I can get something out of it uh, mm. in a meaningful way. Sometimes mm-hmm. the articles are very poorly written or overly complicated, mm. and I and I just don't even know what they're. I mean, for you, you you're you're bilingual. You speak mm-hmm. Japanese and English. I mean, I, I'm. I'm a native English speaker. I should be able to understand what someone's mm-hmm. saying in English, and sometimes I can't, mm-hmm. and that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Oh, I it's see. Over, <laughs> if it's overly complicated. Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, for me, um, I am using English at work, but still, it's I'm not a native speaker, so um, I of course have a, a problem with the and uh, the language. Uh, but still, I think if you, if I try to communicate with ideas written in the article, um, I think I find it very very rewarding to do the reading. And so um, I think uh, it depends what your interests are. I think uh, I I I feel that uh, you know doing a research on science is a bit like a hobby for me. Um, <laughs> it's like it's just something you like it. Um, I think when I uh, read this article this morning, I just um, thought about what I was thinking that time. Um, I think I just simply was very interested in this topic. So uh, it's just uh, it motivates in that way. What are you What are you working on now? Now that the book's done. Now, uh, I'm actually now um, interested in the code switching. I actually did quite a lot of analysis of code switching with Japanese learners. Mm-hmm. So I hope I can bring out that one sometime soon. <laughs> I'm still working on it. Um, so I'm code switching of Japanese, uh, uh, yeah, learners. How's your in Japan? How's your um? How's your Japanese? Do you have Japanese friends? Do you do you find your Japanese is getting worse? <laughs> Living uh, over, my Japanese. Overseas? Well, because I have to teach Jap- Japanese to the okay. students here. Uh, I have to brush up, but I think I, I'm sure there are aspects which is deteriorating, <laughs> like a kanji writing. And uh, I teach kanji sometimes, but I think when you ask to write it on the board, I think sometimes you're not sure how how, how you start the strokes. <laughs> I think, of course, I have to uh, study uh, or prepare beforehand. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, it's interesting. Just um, the um, the uh, I think teaching Japanese to the students from non-Japanese students, uh, I don't see the exactly same problem with silence of silence with this mm. group of students. So I think the silence in Japan is a sort of something very uh, special. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's more of a, a cultural a cultural yes. issue than yes, maybe a language right. learning issue. That's my opinion yeah. on it. Yes, uh, I think so. All right, so it's um. Dr. Seiko Harumi at the University of mm-hmm. London. And mm-hmm. um, is there anything else you, you'd like to promote again? The, I guess the book, the book again, is called East Asian Perspectives on Silence in English Language Education. And that's going to be published by Multilingual Matters. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And if people email you, then you'll give them 50% off. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Yes. Or just yes, me. Yes. Before, before, no, no, no. Before 30th of June, uh, it would be 50% off. So you can get it uh, about 13, 14 pounds. Uh, so it's, it's quite reasonable. I think otherwise you have to spend more. So uh, if you're interested, I think the reason why we've written this book is that to, ha- to have a access to these teachers, not only the academics, but teachers who are actually teaching uh, in classroom, get some ideas about what's going on in the classroom. And so, um, yeah, um, I, I hope this book reach many people. Yeah. All right. Well, um, st- stay on the line if you don't mind, but uh, thank you for coming on the podcast and good luck with, with uh, the toilet paper and, and everything in England. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Same to you. Bye.